1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from REMAX Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Now, we are days away from the official start of the spring season, but according to your comments in the Toronto Star recently, Asif, you suggest that those who have been sitting on the fence are going to jump off. Care to explain? Yeah, with the the recent hold by the BLC for the interest rate hikes, we've seen a lot of consumer confidence return to the market, and and people are jumping off of that fence that they've been sitting on for you know almost a year now, and the the confidence that's out there has almost sped up at the return of the spring market. So we're starting to see a, an early spring market, even though we're just coming out of March break. You also told Tess Kalinowski, the real estate reporter at the Star, that there could be bargains, but... Yeah, well, there are bargains out there, but it's all relative to where we were at in 2021 and the early parts of 2022. So we're not seeing bargains based on the prices that we saw in, say, September, October, November, December. But if you're comparing it to the ultra hot market of 2021 or even the early part of 2022, then yeah, you could consider that a bargain. But I wouldn't, if I was a buyer, I wouldn't hold my breath on trying to get 15, 20, 30% off of a list price right now. It's not going to happen. And is that what you think buyers are waiting for? They're waiting for those prices to drop? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions out there with uh, what they're seeing out in uh, social media networks and people saying that the worst is still to come and there's going to be another 20, 30, 40% drop. But the reality is we haven't seen that and we're not going to see that. You also address the issue of distressed sales. What does that mean and, and what happens? So distress trails are when people are forced to sell. And although we have had or we have seen uh, 2021, 22 uh, buyers that are now putting their homes back on the market because of the affordability factor. I mean, these people could have been on a variable rate and, and, and they didn't actually anticipate the rate going up as much as it did. We had eight increases last year, which is unheard of. So they didn't anticipate that. So they are now selling to get out of it, but they're not going to give that property away. And that's something that people don't understand. They think that they're going to be able to buy these properties at a a huge discount, but the people don't have to sell. They can adjust things. People will adjust a lot of their other expenses to make sure that they can pay their mortgage first. And we're, we're still seeing that. People are, there's not a lot of defaults in mortgages. There's There's a very, very low number of power of sales out there. And we're going to continue to see that because people do whatever they need to do to pay their mortgage first. And you said we don't see a lot of defaults. Is that because of the stress test and making sure that people can afford what they're buying? It really is because they had to qualify for their mortgage at a rate that was much higher than what they were getting. And so there was, you know, the stress test gets knocked a lot, but it did its job and it was able to protect the Canadian consumer from uh, defaulting on their mortgages. So 
that did its job. It it has worked. And, uh, you know, even though there's a lot of calls for the stress test to go away, I, I think it was a great initiative by the government to put that into place. So we haven't seen uh, defaults, but at the same time, Canadians have equity in their homes. There's not a lot of people that are stretched and, and only have 5% or 10% equity in their homes. A lot of these people have a lot more equity and they're able to hang on. Explain to us again, what do you mean by equity in your home and how do you use it to your advantage? So equity in their home, like people will put down 15, 20% in, in order to qualify for a mortgage. We don't have those 0% downs or 5% downs that we saw when I first got licensed. And that just means that people, uh, and, and then you add in the appreciation over the years as well. So if you purchased a house for $500,000 and you would put, uh, say, $100,000 down, your equity in that house was $100,000. Over time, your house appreciated to about a million dollars. So as long as you didn't borrow and take out a, a second mortgage or a line of credit and, and max that out, now you're looking at having a lot more equity, more than 50%. And that's where a lot of Canadians sit right now. I mean, there's, I think the number was 46% of Canadians don't have a mortgage. That's huge. So these rate hikes or anything, they don't affect those people because there's there's no, no catalyst for them to have to sell because they don't have a mortgage. And we're starting to see more and more of that. There's more equity in homes. People can, if they had to take out a line of credit to, you know, pay off some debts or, or even to have some extra money, they can do that because they have a lot of equity in their homes. What do you anticipate in the spring market? In the spring market, I anticipate that uh, the buyer activity will continue to increase. The competition will increase for listings. Uh, a lot of the sellers that were holding out for their price are now going to get back on the market because now they can attain those prices. And we're unless we have an influx of inventory, an influx of supply, and it's got to be some sort of magical influx because we haven't seen that. There, a lot of builders have slowed down on the building because of construction costs and also the the lack of demand. But as demand starts to come back, you're going to start to see builders start to build. But we're not uh, we're still not building enough. We don't have enough inventory. And I don't know how I can stress this. Uh, we've been talking about this for the last few years, and we're going to continue to talk about this for the next ten years because. The government's aspirations of building all of these houses to satisfy demand will not happen. If you were to compare this current market to previous markets, which one would you compare it to and why? This was a unique market. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when we went into the slowdown, we predicted it would last maybe three, four or five months, but it outlasted about uh, 10 months. And that hasn't happened before. Well, not during, uh, you know, in my career. We always saw these slowdowns and, and we came out of them in three or four months. But this one lasted a long time. But we also had eight interest rate hikes. So that uh, really played a role in it. And in, it played a role in consumer psyche mm. because people didn't know what was going to happen next. But now that we're seeing some calm in the market, we're going to start to see the market bounce back. And, and now it's almost like a, a late... 2018 market where you can feel that the market is just going to explode and and the buyers are going to come out in droves. All right, we'll be watching after the break buyer behavior and influences. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him 416-985-Khan. 
That's 416-985-5426. Or email ossif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties with today's guest, Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us is Graham Connaughton, and Graham's with Sotheby's International Realty Canada. And Graham's been in real estate for over 30 years. Graham, welcome to On the Market. Well, thanks, Asif, and thanks, Tina. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Graham, I, I know you work in the core a lot in the city, and there's been a lot of changes. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in the market in the Toronto core. Well, you're seeing a lot of intensification. Um, of course, condos are the predominant uh, market there. However, housing is still um, is still in short supply, quite frankly, is the only language to use for housing in, in the interior of the city. And uh, many people are reporting we're seeing the um, competitive uh, market back in action. So, uh, you know, the marketing where you put it on the market for a couple of days, four days later you're looking at offers whether or not there's two, four, six, ten. So I think that is the uh, downtown market right now. And in terms of average price, what is the average price for a single family home detached and a condo? Let's compare those two. Well, I think what you're looking at is, uh, you know what, let me go to the stats in front of me. I think you're probably looking at 1.5 on housing and somewhere around 800,000 on the uh, on the condo. And but that's average. And, no, that's uh, completely different uh, because, of course, we have those four and 500 square foot condos in mm-hmm. the city, which are uh, skew the average. And, and Graham, you were just talking about the return of the bidding war. How has that uh, made a difference in the market as compared to maybe four or five months ago when things were pretty quiet and, and people were able to hold off on their buying decisions uh, and and maybe see more properties. Well, I I think it's uh, well. In fact, uh, at our last sales meeting, the Sotheby's Sales International Realty Canada sales meeting in Toronto, uh, we were addressing this issue. It it's really the uh, inventory situation more than anything. And uh, I personally, I think there's a situation what I call rate shock. In other words, we were seeing these consistent rate hikes. And now we're into a situation where that seems to have tempered somewhat. We know what the, what the rates are right now. It, even if there is a move, which we don't know if there will or will not be, um, but we know that the rates are not going to be significantly different from where they are today. And as such, you can probably plan on what your affordability is much better than when you saw these interest rates coming at you in waves. You, you spoke about rate shock, but what about price shock if you're planning to live in the downtown core? It really is quite unaffordable for so many. How do you suggest they try to get into that market? Well, the majority of people that I've worked with over the years of first-time buyers have started in the, uh, in the condo market is, is, is sort of your starting point. I mean, it used to be, you know, back in the day, um, going way back when you you started in these uh, uh, post-war houses, and then you slowly fulfilled the dream of trading up and trading up and trading up. Now, what happens, or what I've experienced, I should say, is you have two singles, each of whom have a 
small condo. They come together as a couple and upgrade to a two-bedroom, and they keep traveling the ladder forward to the uh, house because the house is... Uh, it's an expensive product to get into. However, there's some very uh, high-earning individuals, and of course we all know of family support. I mean, I make the joke that uh, even Prince Harry got a couple of uh, million dollars given to him <laughs> to buy his first house in the United yes. States. But nevertheless, that's, that's also endemic in our, in our society. And Asif, before you jump <coughs> in here, he often speaks about the bank of mom and dad. The bank of mom and dad, that's right. And, and Graham, I, now your feet on the street, we're feet on the street here, and we see the market changing and, and how competitive it's getting. But, you know, if you're on social media, you don't get that uh, type of same sentiment. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of critics, if you want to call them on social media, that are talking about this crash. And I know you're huge on Twitter. You're a celebrity on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> if only. How do, you, how do you navigate that? Well, I, you know, I think you can find anything to support you can find any expert, as I put it, to support your position. Um, there's a lot of people out there who are all of a sudden macro experts, and I don't think that's what we are as uh, real estate professionals. I think our, our job is to guide our clients through the purchase and sale and uh, trying to collate all of this information I think is a little overwhelming for most people and of course they just they're trying to work beyond their pay grade as far as I'm concerned. And you've been in this real estate game so you're you know you are an expert in real estate you've been in this game quite some time. Have you ever seen anything like what happened in early 2022? No. And in fact, um, one of our, uh, we're affiliated with uh, Jameson Sotheby's in uh, Chicago, and the, uh, the broker there popped in to visit us, and his comment was, guys, you will never see another 21, 22 hmm. in your lifetime. Get over it. Asif knows that my favorite way of referring to it is uh, the Glory Days uh, song by The Boss. It's kind of, you can keep going back to uh, January, February of 2022, but those were the Glory Days. We won't be seeing those again. Certainly not in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. and, and to compare <clears throat> all the stats that we're seeing now to those two months... How accurate are these numbers when you're talking about 30, 40% declines, but you're comparing them just to a, a two-month window in a market that's been, you know, we're going back 40, 50 years to get these stats, and everyone now seems to be just comparing it to January and February of 2022 and saying how bad the market's doing. Is that a fair comp? No, not in the least. In fact, um, as of June last year, I was using uh, weeks as my as my reference point what what were the previous two weeks the pre previous three weeks and i think at this point you have to use month over month and if you use month over month it's looking pretty good we're up we're up from uh we're up from december up from january uh january and uh, december were pretty average if i recall they were both 3100 units or something like that and now we're up to 40 700, I think. So uh, we're moving back into perhaps a, I won't say a regular market, but a more normal market. And what do you see in terms of the spring market ahead? 
Tina, I hate to predict anything <laughs> because you know, <laughs> I, I, I have a comment at, that the uh, real estate business is a very now business. Uh, what happened? What happens today, and what happened last week? Um, we we honestly don't know if we are being absolutely forthright with people. Uh, if the if the low inventory situation continues. It's demonstrable that there's um, buyers out there. For instance, one property a client and I were looking at in uh, Lakeshore Kipling area, 10 bids on a property that was priced in the uh, 1.2 range and went for a couple hundred thousand dollars over. How I look at that is there were nine people who walked away who are presumably still in the market and if supply doesn't increase then in that area i would say you've got at least nine buyers walking around ready to buy because they were ready to buy last week so as such if that's an indication a healthy spring market mm -hmm. and i think asif was quoted in a newspaper article just recently about a similar situation where he was in competing bids as were three other realtors. So, low supply, healthy, well, busy market. And we spoke about um, <clears throat> Asif's comments in the Toronto Star recently, um, earlier in the show. But I wanted to also ask you then, you know, Asif, you know this. Our listeners are going to hear those stories about properties going over asking, bidding wars. They're going to get excited about those kinds of comments. Is that typical then? Is that what we should be expecting? Or is that just isolated to that particular pocket of South Etobicoke, for example? Difficult to say. Mm -hmm. I, as I go back to, it, it's all inventory driven. Mm -hmm. So as long as there's low, low inventory, the answer is probably yes. Right. That's the big issue here, inventory. But interestingly enough, and Asif can attest to this, this is nothing new. This has been an issue for the past 10 years, inventory, inventory, inventory. It's just been getting less and less as we move forward. And that's something I think that, you know, we don't see any light at the end of the tunnel for inventory. Uh, we're supposed to be building uh, an, an, a huge number of houses, but I don't even think we've had a drop in the bucket as yet. But how does that play out for the consumer psyche? Because they're hearing on social media that prices are falling. Don't buy yet. Prices are falling. And, you know, when we're on the street and we're seeing what's actually happening in subdivisions and communities and in, in cities, we're seeing that the low inventory is now has now reintroduced the multiple offer, the bidding uh, wars. And you're starting to see four, five, 10, 15 offers on these properties. And the buyers are sitting back thinking, well, I can get a deal. But the reality is they can't. How, how is the buyer psyche in the downtown core? And, and how are you communicating to the buyers that that window of opportunity has passed? I, th I think you just have to use the, uh, the, the old comparables of the day that, you know, regardless of what people are saying, this is what's happening this week. So, uh, as I say, people can find all kinds of um, evidence to prove their theory, but when you're using um, the, the outside suburbs of the city to say there's been X percentage drop in that area and try to reference that into the inner city, uh, it can't be done. It's got to be, as I say, you know, uh, I think we, we both work for company, with companies that have uh, international um, connections, and we have very similar 
uh, taglines in that, you know, international collect connections, local expertise, because the local expertise is what you're looking for. Those people like us on the ground in the neighborhood that can say, well, yes, maybe there's been some changes in prices in other neighborhoods, but in this specific neighborhood, let's go back to what we were talking about south of Tobico, this is what's happening today in that neighborhood. And I think that's what you have to really be looking at, almost hyper-local, if you will. So what is the general message, and I know we're talking hyper-local, but what is the general message you want to leave with our listeners? The, you know, <laughs> Warren Buffett is continually referenced as the all-time greatest investor. And what does he talk about? Buy and hold. And real estate is the original buy and hold. I mean, this idea of going in and uh, flipping a property in uh, in a couple of weeks, couple of months, whatever it may be, is relatively new. I mean, if you talk to, uh, um, you know, the, the post-war generation, I mean, they didn't go in to flip houses. The boomers, they went in with the intention of raising families. You talk to some of those people and they've been in their houses for 30 years. That's traditional real estate. You know, you buy your house, your family grows up, the family leaves, you move on, or you stay stay in the house, and you either use that equity somewhere else, and or you've reduced your living costs to taxes and uh, and uh, utilities. I mean, this concept of flip, 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 mm-hmm. um, which of course the prognosticators like to focus on. They like to talk about investment, investment, investment. I think we like to talk about homes. This is where you live, and you may live here for four years, seven years, 10, 15, 20 years. And I think that's the message is think long-term. And Graham, you mentioned that the scary aspect of it, there's so much information available online, and you know the professional realtor provides that bridge between the information and the decision. You, you definitely do that. If our listeners want to contact you or, or follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Well, you you can, I, I'm easily found, as I like to say it, by doing a Google search on my name, Graham Connaughton. I'm at G. Connaughton on most of my uh, handles, Twitter, um, Instagram, and uh, Graham Connaughton Facebook, and so forth and so on. I'm with Sotheby's International Realty Canada in the central office, and uh, the cell phone, which is always on, <laughs> 647-500-3798. Graham, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. When we come back, your questions for Asif Khan. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market. Time now for your questions for Asif Khan. And we begin with Ari in Richmond Hill. She is searching for a one-bedroom rental and finds that the competition is fierce. Is there anything she can do to make her application stand out? Ari, it definitely is. And we're finding more and more people are not qualifying for rental just because of the sheer demand that's out there for rentals right now. So, you know, if you had a 700 or 750 credit score, and a good job, you're pretty much guaranteed to get a rental. And right now, 
you're seeing people with 800 credit scores and $150,000 in income, and they're not qualifying. And, and the reason is there's so many people that have turned to the rental market instead of purchasing over the last year. And that's really increased the competition. The clients that are getting rentals are offering uh, maybe sometimes three months, six months, a year up front. And that's a lot of money to put down. But it's sometimes what sets you apart from all the other applications. So just being creative and being able to work within your means, but at the same time, maybe make your application stand out by putting some extra rent up would be great. You know, if you go on to Credit Karma and sign up, they usually have some good tips according to your credit profile on what you can do. But just making sure that you're paying on time, making sure your balances on your credit cards aren't uh, or they're under 30%. So if you go on to, say, a Credit Karma or a Borrowell, they'll be able to uh, look at your credit profile and be able to give you some tips on how to bring that credit score up. And are there um, bidding wars for rental properties as well? Most definitely. Oh. I mean, it's not uh, out of the ordinary right now to have six to 10 to 15 offers on a, a rental property. And uh, you don't have that offer date set for those offers, but as they come in, the landlord will qualify them all and, and make those reference call checks, call the employers, and, and just try to verify all the information so they have a lot more time to be able to field offers and be able to select the right one. And are you finding that um, often landlords might be getting a little bit greedy? Yeah, they in, in the rental market, you can see that happening right now because they know how much demand is out there and they know that their property is one of a few that's being offered for rent. But, you know, for a one-bedroom condo in Toronto to be looking at $3,000 a month is is quite high. And, mm -hmm. and you're looking at uh, people that are trying to get these rentals and, and they're only making $60,000, $65,000. That's a lot of money to pay in rent. Our next question comes from Robert in Woodbridge. He wants to know if you think there may be bargains in commercial properties or office space since the return to the office after the pandemic is not quite what was expected. And what we expected during the pandemic was that there would be deals in commercial space and office space, but that hasn't materialized. It's still, there's still not a lot of good properties available in terms of office space or commercial space. And what we're seeing is prices have held very steady and you haven't seen those drops or anything like that. So it's really tough to get a commercial space and, and it's almost even tougher to get good office space. Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly with their questions, how can they do that? Tina, they can contact me at 416-985-5426. It's 416-985-CON. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.